0: Welcome to Living Water Radio. Advent may be shorter this year than usual, and that's a problem. Today, we're going to find out why. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Rev. Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area, Maintaining our yard is my gym, and I am attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I grew up in Wisconsin, where it's said that there are four seasons, almost winter, winter, still winter, and road construction. This year, there are some that seem to feel the same way about Advent. Advent is the season of the church year of preparation for Christmas. Advent means coming. We celebrate both the first advent of Jesus at his birth and prepare for the second advent of Jesus to judge the world when everything will be made new in its perfection. For some, it's all too much. I often think of Pastor Inkfest at this time of year. He is the pastor and humorist Garrison Keillor's mythical Minnesota town, Lake Wobegon, who began an Advent sermon with a proposal something like, This Christmas, I propose that we resist the temptations of our world to make Christmas about the things that we can buy. Let's make it less about the gifts we give and more about the gift God has given us in Jesus Christ. And just then his gaze fell to the row in front of the pulpit, where his five children were mouthing words at him, no, dad, no, no. I get that children find that Advent is too long to wait. Advent begins four Sundays before Christmas, and for some grown-ups that's too long to wait, though I've seen some clergy online who are inexplicably arguing for a seven-week Advent season. This year, though, some churches will be cutting Advent to three Sundays instead of four. Why? Because this coming Sunday is the fourth Sunday in Advent. It's also Christmas Eve. Some churches are afraid that no one will show up in the morning, I guess, so they have canceled the morning Advent service and will only have a Christmas Eve service. And even if churches have an Advent service in the morning, I know that some people will feel that they have too much to do, so they'll shorten Advent themselves by skipping it. Why is that a problem? First, it raises questions about what we value. Christmas is peak time for visitors, and they are the least likely to hear about any changes in the regular worship times. When they arrive in the morning and find no worship service or one that is greatly diminished in attendance, it creates an impression that worship times are flexible and are set for the convenience of the congregation's members. This year's dilemma is like the issue raised in the question, should I force my children to go to church? Some people will answer, no, I was forced to go as a child and I hated it. I want my children to decide for themselves. It's not an uncommon response. But it begs some questions like, do you force your children to eat nutritious meals? Do you force your children to go to school, to do their homework, or to get enough sleep? Children can tell the difference between what is important to their parents and what is not. Children learn some of the most important lessons by example. That's why it's not just important for children to go to church. It's important for them to worship with their parents. I don't think that parents should use threats or physical force, but instead communicate a common identity. It happens through parents who by their words and deeds say, we are a family and this is who we are. The whole church is the Christian community, but every congregation doesn't have to be a large community. I often think of the Anglican vicar who thought that what his congregation needed was a 6 o'clock a.m. prayer and Holy Communion service. Most of his colleagues were skeptical. Who's going to come to church at 6 o'clock in the morning, they asked. A couple of months later, a few of them asked him how it was going. It's going great, the vicar said. His surprised colleagues asked, How many people come out for a 6 o'clock a.m. prayer and Holy Communion service? He answered, Well, me and my mother— and the two maiden sisters who come to everything, about a trillion seraphim, a quadrillion cherubim, and all the hosts of heaven. We are important and necessary to one another. We are a people set apart. We need one another to build one another up, to share one another's burdens, to bear a common identity. And we are being rooted on by the whole heavenly host. This is who we are. Second, it removes an opportunity to hear a lesson about Christmas that many of us seem to have forgotten. One of the most popular contemporary Christian Christmas songs in the past several years has been one called, Mary Did You Know? I've sung it, i found it moving, maybe you have too. But it's also nonsense, and those who miss worship this Sunday will miss an opportunity to reflect on why that is. (laughs) Here's how the song starts. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Here's the reading from the Gospel of Luke that will be read in the vast majority of churches all over the world this coming Sunday in Luke chapter 1, verses 26-38. to 38. and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Yes, Mary knew. The angel Gabriel told her. Hearing the lessons read out loud gives us information like this. It also changes lives. The Bible is the primary way that God speaks to us, and we share it with millions of Christians all over the world hearing the very same thing on the very same day in the church year. Third, worshiping at the Sunday morning, Fourth Sunday in Advent worship service helps us keep our focus on the blessing. We celebrate because we know who has come and who will come again. We celebrate the waiting in which God speaks at the first Advent and at the last. We celebrate to keep our focus on keeping awake. Our struggle is with this world's secular imitation of Christmas. Our struggle is with patience. Our struggle is an opportunity to practice patience as we wait for Jesus to come again. It's a chance to reject the temptation to cave in to the world's winter shopping festival that began months ago. This is not a burden. It's a blessing. Worshipping in Advent on the fourth Sunday in Advent gives us the backstory to the backstory of Christmas. We will be prepared in the morning for what is announced at night. I saw a meme in three parts the other day. The first showed Advent candles marked Advent. The second showed a manger scene marked Christmas Eve. And the third showed a stunned guy marked, well, that escalated quickly. (laughs) Christmas Eve will remind us that God keeps his promises, even if it takes a very long time. But just as the law is needed for the gospel to make sense, and just as Good Friday is needed for Easter to make sense, the fullness of Advent is necessary for the fullness of the Christ event to make sense in all of its meaning. Without it, we are like the woman who had come to that point in her life where her extended family had grown so large that buying Christmas presents for everyone was too much. She couldn't keep track of what everyone needed or wanted. So she wrote a stack of checks and filled out a pile of Christmas cards written to everyone with the message, "'This year you can buy your own Christmas present,' with a smiley face. She brought them to the family Christmas gathering and passed them around." Toward the end of the evening, she noticed that people were looking at her funny. Something wasn't right, but she couldn't quite put her finger on what it was until she got home and saw on her writing desk was a neat stack of checks, uninserted into the Christmas cards. All that her family members had received from her was a card with the message, This year, buy your own Christmas present. (laughs) Something important had been left out. It will still be the season of Advent this Sunday before sundown, both in the sense that it is Advent still remaining, and that it is the Sabbath, a time to be still, so that we can hear the meaning of the first coming of Jesus at Christmas and to contemplate His longed-for second coming for judgment in the stillness. So, don't sleep this Sunday morning, either physically or spiritually. Be awake and be blessed. Be ready as Jesus called upon his disciples to do in Mark 13:37, And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake, because it's still Advent. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at davidberkadall and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.